You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities. I remain extremely bullish on gold, mainly because the dollar has been crushing it, ripping higher. And gold, yes, it's pulled back, but it hasn't pulled back a ton. We're still basically flat on the year. So just considering that to me, that is a major, major kind of bullish signal on gold. Even though it hasn't been sexy, it hasn't performed amazingly well, at least you could say almost it's holding its own. Welcome back to Mining Stock Education. I'm your host, Bill Powers, and it's our bi-monthly check-in with Gareth Soloway of InTheMoneyStocks.com to get a professional trader and chartist perspective on what's going on in the general markets, but specifically in the mining and commodity sphere. So Gareth, welcome back onto the program. And everybody wants to talk about gold on my show. Uh, We love gold. Give us your analysis of gold. You were very bullish last time I talked with you on gold. I think 2300 or 2400 even you were expecting this year? Yeah, by year end maybe. By year end, yep. Is that still your expectation? So it's going to be tough, right? I mean, there's no doubt about it that gold has been struggling, but but I think we also have to put it in perspective. So let me just show my chart. And number one is gold's come right back to this longer term trend. So we're right there, right around that 1760 level on gold right now. And I think the key about this is just understanding that you know, you were just mentioning how how we're seeing the dollar at 20-year highs, right? I mean, 20-year highs on the dollar. The dollar today is just screaming to the upside. Now, you could counter that with saying, well, why don't we see gold at 20-year lows? I mean, that would make somewhat of, of common sense if, if we see a 20-year high on the dollar. And this is a chart of the dollar, folks. And it's just an incredible move today. Here's your daily candle right here. We can obviously see just since the beginning of the year, what a massive move up right from here on the dollar. So what I would just say is that I remain extremely bullish on gold, mainly because the dollar has been crushing it, ripping higher. And gold, yes, it's pulled back, but it hasn't pulled back a ton. We're still basically flat on the year. So just considering that to me, that is a major, major kind of bullish signal on gold. Even though it hasn't been sexy, it hasn't performed amazingly well, at least you could say almost it's holding its own. So would the turn on gold and your expectation be when uh, the Fed turns uh, dovish again? Yeah, I think I think as soon as the dollar starts to starts to weaken again considerably, meaning that it's not just one down day on the dollar, but we start to see that pullback retrace of this big, big move up. And I think you're right. I think that coincides with some Fed speak, maybe the next comments from the Federal Reserve later this month. Um, and then obviously, as soon as we start to see more of a dovish Fed talking about maybe stopping the interest rate hikes, I think that's part of it as well. And I think it, the understated part also of about gold here is one of the reasons why it's holding up is that you are getting kind of that fear of recession out there. So there's some fear out there, which again is keeping, and again, you look at the chart of gold here and you're like, wait, it's not holding up. But in reality, it kind of is. Again, if you look at where it's been, like even going back just to 2020, mid 2020, over a year ago, it's basically flat. And again, if you look at the dollar, the DXY, I mean, this is just an incredible move, right? Even since early 2020, or this is when gold, by the way, was at that last price. Look at the dollar and then think about where gold is still hovering at that same level. So those to me are, are big things, even though it doesn't reflect in the price yet. 
you pay attention to these underlying factors. Gareth, one thing some people don't understand when they hear traders like yourself, you're always revising your estimation or your price targets. So I think you were at Bitcoin 18,000. Now I think I heard you say Bitcoin possibly 10,000. So if if gold, you were thinking 23, 2400 by the end of the year, is there an expectation that you've lowered for gold for this year? Yeah, so I mean, you know, it's more a matter of, of looking at the chart and being realistic, right? So, so one of the things I always say is every day there's a new candle that forms on the chart. Basically, the price action for that day, it's it's a new piece of the puzzle. So my job as a technician is to go back to my number crunching and figure out is the probability of that price target still as high as it was. And I think the honest truth is, at this point, we have about six months left in the year. We'd have to make a pretty substantial move up. So my guess is I, I'd lower that price target or expectation to just maybe that double top, maybe just above that double top, but still expecting this bigger move to the upside. And you're right on Bitcoin, right? So initially I was I was a 20,000 target when we were at 65,000. I have lowered that now, at, even though I expect a short-term bounce here, I do think we're probably headed to 12,000, maybe even below. What about copper? Copper has been heading lower on recession fears. Uh, what is Dr. Copper speaking to you? This is an incredible, incredible drop in some of these commodities. Let's bring up the chart here and take a look. So here's your, your copper chart, and you're actually getting close to a very, very important support level right here. So if we look at this line here, this is around that six. This is the copper futures, by the way. So you're looking at around 629, 630 on that chart right there of the copper futures. That's getting very close. I would expect a very nice bounce off of that level. I don't know if it will be a longer term low pivot. My guess is you could actually go lower if we do slide into a big recession. But at least for a, for a near term swing trade, this is an amazingly attractive level for a high reward bounce. Another ETF that you've talked about on the show is, I believe, URMN, the uranium ETF. Uh, what's your analysis of what's going on in the uranium ETF? Yeah, the uranium ETF, you know, you have to you have to be aware that, you know, it looks short term, just like the energy markets to have topped. There was a trend line right here. We are below it at this point. I would be looking for this area right here as your next big support on the URNM, which is around 4815 or so. So we're not that far away, but that should give us a lot of near term support. I would say that, again, same kind of thing is with with copper, is that if the economy really does backslide and, and energy prices come down dramatically, which I am in the camp that that's going to happen with oil, then I do think we could go as low as here um, on the URNM, which is around thirty three seventy five. Um, but again, swing trade bounce here. This would probably be that longer term accumulation zone where I think you get a major bottom in the uranium uh, ETF. Are you shorting USO, the oil ETF? You know, I was short and then on the dip, this dip. So I, I was, well, I was short up here. I covered at this line. We shorted again right here. And then I covered right here because I didn't know if it would break down. So I'm missing out on this collapse here. I do have Exxon Mobil short, which I'm in the money nicely on. And I'm kind of holding that one. But again, I, you know, unfortunately, I didn't necessarily think we were going to break down that quickly like this. I mean, this drop on oil is a massive drop today. It's awesome for us as consumers to see oil below that hundred dollar level. Let's hope it stays there and let's hope those gas prices come down quickly. Yeah. But with the refinery issue, I don't know if the gas prices are going to come down quickly. Right. Isn't that the shame of it? It's, yep. it's, it's, oh, man. Yep. Silver, uh, your partner, Nick Santiago at InTheMoneyStocks.com. He's been on the show. He said, Bill, when silver hits 18, that's when you load up. Uh, what, is your, what is your expectation for silver? 
Yeah. So, so I'm in that camp. I think, I think you're starting to hit some big support right here. You can see these pivots right along here. So $19, 18.75. And then he's right. I mean, once you get into this area back here, which is right around that 18 level right down here, there's a ton of support. So actually what I've, I've started to do is basically at this level at, at just below 19, I started to accumulate some silver. And then what I'll do is I'll continue buying all the way down to about 18, 17.95. But I think again, silver is oversold here. If it can flush a little bit more, even more attractive for a near-term bounce. Do you compare charts uh, like GDXJ, the gold miners relative to gold? Do you do a lot of relative comparisons in your analysis? I don't, I don't on a, on, a, on a chart basis, but what I do do is I absolutely pay attention. And what you can see here is the GDX has been getting crushed, right? So way, way more than gold. And just thinking about it on a macro perspective, it makes a lot of sense, right? Because, you know, gold is the pure play where you have inflation, fear trade, but the miners have all these input costs. They have to buy machinery. They have to buy chemicals. All of these are inflationary things and it's costing them more. So it's almost as if because their costs have gone up, it's almost as if the price of gold has artificially been lowered for them because their costs are offsetting that, that price of gold. So it does make sense that they have dropped substantially. Um, having said that, there's a lot of support getting real close right in here. So again, 2565 on the GDX, that looks really attractive for a swing trade. In your estimation, when will inflation slow down? I'm, t I'm talking going back to, let's say, 1% to 2% a year. Oh, oh man. I, I thought you were <laughs> going to say slow down to like 7% <laughs> or 6 Um I honestly don't think for, for a long time. It's hard to know the time frame, but we're not talking you know a few years here, folks. I, I'm concerned that this inflation is going to be around for a longer period of time. I five think to we're seven years, Gareth? Five yeah, to seven years? Yeah, I would say five plus years, maybe even beyond that. Because, and again, think about it like this. We pulled forward 20 years of sub 2% inflation. It's almost like it's time to pay the piper, as they say, right? Where now we have to have that period that's, that's a longer stretch above that 2%. So I don't know if it's going to be 4 or 5%, but that's my guess is somewhere in that 4 to 5% level is where we're going to be stuck for many years. And the problem with that is you're going to get into a recession and have what's called stagflation. And stagflation is the worst of all because people aren't making more money but inflation is going up versus, you know, you could arguably say that recently people have been able to make a better wage, wages have been going up. So it's kind of offsetting with inflation. But if you get into stagflation, that's kind of the worst of all situations. In a stagflationary environment, when the velocity of money slows down, does that make it harder for you as a trader? Would you say? For me, not only, only if volatility subsides, but one of the great things about, I mean, as bad as bear markets are for most, bear markets give a lot of volatility. So as a swing trader, it, it's actually a very good environment for me. Okay. What about the NASDAQ? What's your analysis of the NASDAQ and how that's performing? Let's take a look here. So if we look at the NASDAQ, NASDAQ 100 here. So we are seeing a bounce today in the NASDAQ, which actually was very impressive because the, the day started very, very ugly in the markets. But we have come back right now. It looks like the NASDAQ's just down a shade on the day. Ultimately, I'm still seeing further downside in the NASDAQ. I think we have to retrace to this pre-COVID high. This is just before the COVID collapse right here. So I think in the very least over the next couple months, we probably see a sub $10,000 NASDAQ. 
Now, it doesn't mean we're not going to bounce in the near term here. We could always get a bounce of 500 points or whatever it may be. But keep in mind that we're making lower highs and lower lows versus what we were doing all this directional way, right? So you have seen a change in, in the trend in the markets. And you have to say that the trend, like you know, people say, the trend is your friend until, until the end. Uh, essentially, I would say that this continues until at least this major support here. Are there any non-U.S. markets that you're bullish on? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that question. So I'm a big believer that the money has been made in the U.S. I mean, listen, there's always going to be money to be made, right? There's always stocks that get oversold and then they bounce. But the move ups, and let's look at this chart. Let's look at this monthly chart. So here's your, this is your NASDAQ chart, NASDAQ 100. So we were on this beautiful incline since 2009, and then we went on steroids up, right? So that's usually the end of a move. The end of the move is the most dramatic push up. Now, if you look at something like the Hang Seng market here, which is the, the Chinese stock market, right, in Hong Kong, this has been stuck in a sideways channel for a long period. It hasn't had that same parabolic move that the U.S. markets and some of the other countries have had. So for me, this is where I start focusing on. I start saying, okay, what hasn't participated? What has still, what still is at the same valuations as it was in 2005 over here, right? I mean, that's really where we are, 2005, 2007. And the answer is the Hang Seng is one of them. So I'm noticing this wedge pattern. If we can break above this, holy cow, I think you get one of those NASDAQ type moves. But even buying it down in this range, it offers a ton of support. You're at the low end here. You haven't, you don't have PEs that were ridiculous in China. In fact, Alibaba, for instance, the PEs on that got down as low as like 10 on a growth China stock, which is pretty wild. Now, granted, it was discounted because of the regulation and all those other things. But, but to me, this is the next market to go. And I think there's always a bull market somewhere, as they say. And I think this might be it. What about an ag in U.S. agriculture? Are you bullish that for the near term? So that's, let's look at the DBA here because that's a, I believe that's the ETF for the uh, ag stocks or the ag. Wow. And look at this drop. <laughs> I mean, just, yeah. I mean, holy cow. Having said that, though, check out this trend line. This is what gets me excited about charting, uh, Bill. It's just uh -huh. I mean, when you find a line like that and you see how many, you, you hit it here, you kissed it there, then one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And then on the other side, you hit it here and here. And then that tells me this is a huge opportunity to be a swing trade for a buy. Again, hard to know if it'll hold for the next six months, but I would say if this hits around 1935 or so, it becomes a real intriguing 10, 20% bounce candidate. You know, well, maybe not 20, 20 might be a little excessive, but 10%, I think back to 21 or so uh, would be really interesting here. Gareth, last question, the Jets ETF, the airliner ETF. I had a lot of friends that traveled over, over the weekend and they scheduled to come home on Friday, not Monday, because they said with the way things are, I don't want to get stuck, you know, and Delta pilots are uh, uh, protesting right now. Um, what's your analysis of the airline industry here? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, here's, here's that COVID collapse where it was just so, so nasty. They had an amazing recovery. Important to understand that a sharp move down with kind of this inside chop angle is actually a bearish inside bar pattern. We're starting to see that play out here. I think in the near term, you have a lot of support just a little bit below. So right in this 15 and a quarter level. But again, it's, it's one of those things is, you know, yes, oil is coming down, which is good for the airlines. But the question is, why is oil coming down? And the answer is people are now starting to price in a recession. If we get in a bad recession, how many people are going to be buying 
airfares at the prices that they're charging right now, right? I mean, I think we can all agree it's been pretty ridiculous out there. So that does concern me. I think, again, trade something like this as a short-term vehicle off support, but always be very ready to say, okay, the next leg is going to take us lower here. And I ultimately think in the next six months, we probably do test this double bottom here. Makes a lot of sense. We could go to double bottom in the next six months. So that would be the better entry point there. The low- yeah, that would be, you would expect a bigger bounce, right? So, so the lower you get into key support, the, the bigger the bounce would be expected. This would be kind of like a, maybe a one week or two week bounce. This would probably be a one month or two month bounce. Gareth, you offer real-time um, trade ideas to, to your subscribers. What are you on the year, percentage-wise, up or down? Oh, my goodness. I, I think my portfolio is up about 40% on the year, which is amazing considering uh, the markets. Um, but again, keep in mind, I do better in these type of market environments, being able to swing trade these type of stocks. stocks. But it's been it's been something else. And I, I do feel for people out there that are watching you know, their 401ks go down. But understand that you know we had the signals last year. And if there's one thing, I mean, a lot of people didn't get out, put themselves in cash. But always remember that when everyone else is screaming bullish and how this market is unstoppable, that's when you have to be that type of trader or investor to say, wait a minute, that's telling me maybe that I should pare back my investments here. And and we saw that so much from the meme craze and the game stops and the crypto craze. I mean, there was so much euphoria. That is always a caution signal. Did you get any subscribers from the NFT craze? Did some of those younger people uh, transition into your service? Yeah, yeah, for sure. We did see some of that, which is great because, I mean, they're so willing to learn. And, and that's what I want to do is I just want to educate people in the psychology of the market, being disciplined, and then the charts. And, and those three things right there really help becoming a much better investor and trader. And do you have to teach patience, too? Because a lot of the young people I talk to they expect to make so much money so quickly that I don't think it's realistic. No, it's not. And to be honest, most of those people will get burned because they don't have the discipline and patience. So what they do is, you know, they'll take their 10,000 or 1,000 and they'll throw it all on one, one stock, like kind of like a gamble. Like you go to the casino, you put it all on black or red, and then they end up losing, you know, maybe they'll win once or twice and they think they're a rock star and then they get smoked. And what I, what I have to you know, reiterate is that I don't care if you have 1,000, 10,000 or a million dollars, you diversify because you can't let one trade blow up your whole account. You need to be in it for the long term. Sprinters aren't the winners in this game. Marathon runners, the long haul is where you make the big money. Excellent. We'll leave with we'll leave it with that. Gareth's website is inthemoneystocks.com. Go check it out. Check it out if you want to learn more about the service that he offers. Thank you for uh, providing your updates and chart analysis on today's show, Gareth. Thank you so much, Bill. Thank you for listening to Mining Stock Education. Please subscribe and share this show with like-minded investors. Connect with us at miningstockeducation.com and sign up for our email list to stay in touch. Much success to you as you learn about, invest in, and profit from mining stocks. The mining business is one that generates gigantic wealth. You know, a good drill hole that converts might cost fifty or $100,000, and it might discover something worth a couple billion. There is no sector that I know of that has offered up as many predictable circumstances uh, where there was the possibility, certainly not the certainty, but the possibility of 10-for-1 returns as there is in small-cap and micro-cap mining stocks. Concomitant with that, if you don't do the work, or even if you do do the work and don't discipline yourself on the sell side, there are very few places in the world where you can lose as much money as quickly as in mining stocks too. 
I just started to study up on mining stocks and I just became fascinated because this is such a tiny sector and it's so volatile that either you could really you could do really really well or you could pretty much get blown out of the water really quickly. The mining sector is a very risky sector. It can take your money very, very quickly. Don't fall in love with stocks. Don't be overly confident. And just do your work as best you can. Do your very best. But don't fall in love and don't get too overly confident because um, that's a recipe for disaster. I have met you know, professional retail investors that have made a tremendous amount of money on the junior mining space. Some of them aren't accredited, and they just they spend their days researching, talking to people, being on the phone, being pouring through financial documents. But it requires commitment. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be considered personal legal or investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or any other product. We make every effort to be accurate, but the information presented is not to be considered infallible. It may contain errors and we offer no inferred or explicit warranty. If personal advice is needed, consult a qualified legal, tax, or investment professional. Do not base any investment decision on the information contained on miningstockeducation.com, our podcasts, or videos. Make sure you always conduct your own own thorough due diligence before investing. Realize that we may hold equity positions in or be compensated by some of the companies we feature and therefore are biased and hold an obvious conflict of interest. For our full disclaimer, please visit our website.